Good afternoon, everyone! You're listening to Forzaf on this beautiful Saturday. It is currently around negative 2 degrees in St. Clair's Mental Hospital, and we're hitting you with all you need to know about shows that had 5 total seasons, with that last one being a ghastly one. You're hearing from David, and with me are Nick and Charlie. Cool. Hi. I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> and I'm Charlie. And to, to, to do the throwback, I guess I've been Nick. <laughs> Also, it's Sunday. It's yep. There, was, it is Sunday. there are so many inaccuracies in what you just said. <laughs> oh, it is Sunday. I forgot. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Football day. It's, yeah, it's football day. I have to wait till four o'clock. Oh man, the wavelengths when I said that went crazy. That's gonna be a pain in the ass to edit. Enjoy. Uh, by the I way, I only just, did that to myself to, to pull back the curtain. Hey, our, our recording service has been interesting, and David's had to do a lot more work recently. So we appreciate you, David. Oh, listen. <laughs> any fans of the show who follow the Twitter would be in the know about this. Yeah, but how many of them follow the Twitter, David? You should follow the Twitter if you want to follow my live tweeting as I edit the podcast and descend into madness. It is really good. I would suggest it. It's it's really funny. I go check it out every once in a while. But I just I just don't have a Twitter account, so David doesn't get a follower. I I use I use Twitter for uh, hockey news and to see if that Donald Trump tweet that's going around is actually legitimate or not. It always mm. is. Sometimes. Occasionally it's off and then it lowers. You're like, oh, that one wasn't real. This other crazy one can't be real. And then you look at it and you go, oh, that's real. Oh, well, this crazier one can't be. Oh, oh, they're all. Oh, oh OK. <laughs> How are they all real? What happened? <laughs> oh. So what's everyone been up to? <laughs> Yeah, that, that one. um uh my contract ends uh next week and I will officially be unemployed again. Yay! Excited there. Just David. in time for the holiday. Woo! It's like you're getting a hol- holiday break. <laughs> Just in time to get more into Final Fantasy 14 online. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. Digging that MMO life. Uh-oh. With that monthly fee that you no longer have a regular income to supplement. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, I'll, I'll probably not renew until I get a job, I think. It's probably a good call. I don't know, though. Mm. It's not like but I... That's when it's, but not having a job is when I'll have the most time to play. <laughs> yep. It's do you do the <laughs> it'll investment. Be the, it'll be the most worth it. <laughs> hey, if anyone wants to support David's habit, We'll tweet up a Venmo and you can donate to his Final Fantasy nah, 14. David, David, will, David will just start streaming constantly on the Force F Twitch. And that's that's where you can catch him to help fuel his habit. I mean, I have been streaming occasionally on my personal YouTube account. Yeah, I saw you got up to Silver and Mahjong. Nice. I did. I did. I have been grinding the Mahjong ladder, which is a weird statement <laughs> to you say. Sound, you sound like an old Asian grandma. <laughs> hey, listen, man, Mahjong's fun. <laughs> You have not stopped this uh, this image that Charlie's portrayed. You should introduce it to your mom and just see what happens. What do you what do you introduce Mahjong or introduce the game? Because they but my parents both know how to play Mahjong already. No, I know this is what I'm saying is introduce the app to your mom and see how quickly nah, she'll she'll get better. Mahjong's soul is a little too um anime. <laughs> <laughs> David, why am I playing as this young woman with gigantic titties? <laughs> hey, the default characters didn't even have that big of boobs. David, why am I playing as a literal child? <laughs> she's not she a does child, cat Bob. Ears. She's actually 300 years old. Oh, man, I haven't looked into the lore of the characters. It's weird that they have lore for those characters. All right, what have you, what have you guys been up to? Um, 
not a whole lot. Charlie and I went for a walk. That was fun. Yeah, I, I saw people again. Yeah, Nick, it was. <laughs> Nick was like, "Hey, my partner and I are going grocery shopping. You want to go for a walk?" And I was like, "Yeah." Yeah. We went for a walk. Man, it's it's really cool. And you know, coming almost like, start of, start almost of the new got year. Lost. How, how I'm going to be the last one here? Yeah, <laughs> motherfuckers. Uh, it's really funny as well because all of my partner's um, friends have left to go like see their families for the holidays because they have to quarantine for two weeks before mm-hmm. they can actually see them. Um, so we were like, yeah, like come the start of the new year, it's just going to be us here out of like either friend group for a little while. Just real weird. <laughs> hey, we'll we'll be relatively close. Oh yeah, no, you guys, you guys will still be close and like doable, but it also won't just be like, all right, we're gonna go have a walk and then argue about which direction we're it we're going right now. <laughs> I'm still sure I'm right, by the way. No, you're wrong. I'm so I'm, right. <laughs> I'll be the same distance away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but your way involves a lot more traffic. Yes, it does. Yeah. <laughs> it does indeed. <laughs> ever ever since the construction on the highway went down, my way, my future way, involves a lot less traffic. Like very little <laughs> traffic. Five beautiful lanes. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. No. <laughs> that was a good time. Yeah, not a whole lot. I started playing Factorio, and now you both need to get Factorio. God, I know what that game is, and it scares me. Also, we, you should, would... we, should, get our, we should get our other friend into that as well. Um... Dude, you would absolutely love Factorial. I, I do know that I would. Factorial <laughs> is, is supposed to be very fun. Yes. It is optimizing and min-maxing the game. Yep, I, I do know. Um, and as I said, that's why we should also get our other friend into it. <laughs> um, yeah, he would, I think No Salt would love that. Yeah, no, yeah, he would very much enjoy that. Okay, cool. I was wondering who you're talking about because you're being too vague. <laughs> Listen, he, he really Which like other friend? We have so internet. many. <laughs> I was talking about this with my girlfriend because we were, we were driving and I was like, yeah, you realize David called Nick out on being vague in the last like D&D session. And she was like, oh my god, I've never noticed it before. But yeah, he is really vague <laughs> for no reason sometimes. Yep, that is what I do. Ooh, isn't it great that this podcast has like, revealed a lot of our just random flaws? <laughs> yes. Well, no, what's great is that it's been uh, 39 episodes and our friendship is still alive. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's me having to edit 38 episodes of us talking hasn't made it so I don't want to talk to you guys anymore. Well, to be fair, Gregory's doing his best to ruin that friendship. <laughs> yeah, my friendship with Craig, though. Not with you guys. <laughs> first, first it was, Charlie, you have really awkwardly long pauses in between words and sentences sometimes. To, Nick, you're pointlessly vague sometimes. Nick, what the fuck? Why do you do this? The pauses are still there. I've, yeah. I've gotten better at editing around them. <laughs> We say this, and the audience is probably going, wait, what pauses? Hmm, that's really <laughs> weird. I, I don't understand how those are happening. Uh, um, my past week can be described by a single phrase. It's just, ah! ah! <laughs> thank, you for, thank you for that. That'll be fun to edit. <laughs> ah! Okay, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, that master's week? work sounds fun. Ah! Oh, oh yeah. Ah! I thought I thought you recovered everything from that though. No, that wasn't the issue. The issue was that I had I had a conference paper due, and oh boy, I didn't have the results for that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. We were supposed to. We usually record at the end of the week, um, but uh, Nick had homework to do. I got. Pu- and... I, I had it pushed back twice. 
because oh boy that was not a fun time um for on the on the last day when the conference paper was due it's just an abstract it's just a one-page abstract with it which isn't very much um mm-hmm. but i sent something off uh to my prof and my prof responds with um okay uh two like sort of like major things i'd like you to try and do first um i'd like you to add another metric to like compare your evaluation in here um and i think that that's going to be imperative for <laughs> oh, us. Oh, oh, jesus <laughs> And then the second was, um, oh, and then also try and add in, like, a 3D image that, like, actually captures stuff in this. And I went, like, <laughs> okay, I hey, can't... So can you add a whole new aspect and also actually do what you're saying you're doing? <laughs> <laughs> and just, you know, put the final result on? That'd be great, thanks. And so I, I get this at, like, 7 a.m. on on Friday. Um and go cool i have to still send this off to the other authors that are on this paper for them to review and i can't do that at like 5 p.m that's not okay i'd probably get that done at noon um but i also have to practice a presentation for a class that i'm in so i start writing stuff and i cannot get a good 3d image that works because all of the like pixels are too far apart between the two images i'm registering um so I'm like, cool, I'll try and figure that out later. Um, trying to get a new measure in is impossible. <laughs> just, I, I had code for one, and it just it wasn't working. I could not confirm that the results were real, um, so I didn't feel comfortable tossing them in. Uh, so, yeah, no, there was neither of those in the paper, and I had to send that back to my prof, being like, yeah, I didn't implement either of those, mainly because I didn't have time. We'll see. <laughs> So yeah, that's that's what my life was like on Friday. That's why I was so stressed. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds stressful. That was really good. I'm so happy. <laughs> so excited. I haven't heard back from my prof by that email that I sent off on Friday either, which is super cool. <laughs> well, they were probably done by like Thursday afternoon. When I'm not doing anything <laughs> Friday. Uh, <laughs> sure. I mean, that's how I feel. <laughs> that's what Thursday I do. Afternoons. <laughs> So hey, maybe I get a conference. Maybe I get a conference abstract accepted. Maybe not. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, no, I gotta. I gotta get one last like project done before my contract ends, and I'm so uh, like I'm like, uh, have no motivation to get it done. But, but do you have to get it done, David? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I said I could get it done before the contract ends. <laughs> oh, that's a bad promise to make. You always, I might be able to get it done so that when it comes up, you're like, I'm not going to be able to get it done. If you want me to finish it, you got to give me an extension. (laughs) No, but that's why I'm going to have the job until the 15th, (laughs) because I already said that. It doesn't really work to keep doing that. (laughs) No, it's fine. I just got to upload some CSV files and then um, uh, convert them to a data table. Gross. It's just, it's a full year's worth of data is the problem. Gross. Yeah, it's just it's gonna take me a week to just upload it. Is what's gonna happen? Fine, uh, Okay. Also, no, we'll we'll be there in a second. I just started reading a little bit of the synopsis for um, White Tulip, and what the fuck, <laughs> Fringepedia. <laughs> All right, that's a pretty good intro. Uh, I think we'll just go into TV Guide then. <clears throat> so the TV Guide for this week: uh, White Tulip. When Olivia and co. investigate the deaths of passengers on a commuter train, they wonder if a mysterious energy drain on board has something to do with the powerful and enigmatic Alistair Peck, played by Peter Weller. Fucking uh, Robocop's in this episode. Oh, is he Robocop? Yeah, that's Robocop. Oh, I didn't know. Nice. He also has a PhD in, I think, medieval art history and taught for a while. 
They also fucked up his body beyond belief. What the fuck, Fringe? Whoa, hey, whoa, hey. we'll get we'll, <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. I just I just Fringe, why are you gotta do this to me? <laughs> like it makes me it makes me so excited because Fringe Fringe does do all these things of like, here's this really cool here's this really cool concept, and here's the horrible side effects to actually make it happen. Uh, <laughs> well, you just, want you want to tell like, hey, uh, we have a really good makeup team. We haven't been giving them enough work. And then just JJ going, what? <laughs> Excuse me? We hire, we have them for a reason. They can't get lazy. What am I paying them for? Uh, but hey, I'll start this off by reading the first two sentences of the, the Fringepedia here, just because the second one confuses me. In Boston, Massachusetts, a commuter train uh, commuter train diesels through the early evening. <laughs> the bouncy what car the at the fuck? rear of the chain is half full. <laughs> What? Uh, I, I the both bouncy hate, car. The I rear both, of the chain is half full. I both hate and love that this podcast has just become razzing on the Fringepedia wiki. So, so, Charlie, you agree with me? None of those statements make sense. No, no, no. They do. A like those train diesels through the evening. Yeah. Well, diesels through, like, just powers through. Like these are these are words that make sense, but are <laughs> horrible choices. These are sentences that make sense, but if anyone ever told me to this in person, I'd slap them. Yeah. The bouncy cart, the rear of the chain. Yeah, the chain, the chain of train cars, and the last one, I guess, is the bouncy cart because there's nothing to stabilize it, so it moves more than the rest. No, they just like, took a bus reference and tr- applied it to a train. I, I really don't think they did. I, I legitimately believe these are valid terms to describe trains, but no one uses them because they're normal people. Hey, locomotive heads, tell either me or Charlie that we're wrong about this. <laughs> Tweet at us. So at what, what's the exact word they used? I'm going to Google it. The, the bouncy, bouncy car. car at the rear of the chain. <laughs> Hey, a uh, bouncy car train uh, gives no gives a bunch of inflatable trains <laughs> as the Google search. Yeah, <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> How to fix bouncy cars in Roblox jailbreak? Uh, all right, so so yeah, Aww. that's the, uh, that's why I got confused. I was like, all right, I'm just gonna read a little bit of the synopsis, and I read the first two sentences and went, nope, I can't read this anymore. I don't think my brain's working. <laughs> Hey, audience, if there is an audience, please track down whoever wrote this so we can interview them. Oh, it's also it's also not on the Wikipedia glossary of North American railway terms. My greatest wish now is fuck getting like a member of the cast to interview. <laughs> I want to interview the writer, the Fringepedia wiki. <laughs> like, that's what I need. Oh, that does sound like a really good time. Also, Charlie, uh, just just because it's fun to be on different ones, I'm going to go back in time. Okay. <laughs> and I'm on TV tropes. So we're all on different <laughs> summaries. So the bouncy car at the rear of the chain is half full. Um, so the train arrives in this station. I think it's Bay Station. And there's a young guy with a sign that says uh, God could be watching because he doesn't want to take a hard stance while he begs for money. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Because he's agnostic. Dude, just pick a side. <laughs> what What's the community line? Agnostic, the lazy man's atheist? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's like asking for change. He actually lifts one guy's wallet, bumping into him, because that's how you pickpocket people, apparently, as all the movies have told me, is oh, yeah. you walk into them and then you can steal whatever you want. Oh, yeah. They, they'll never um, notice anything else. <laughs> Uh, and then he's asking people as they get off, he's like, spare change. And they're like, get the fuck out of here. You, I'm not giving you money. This is Boston. Are you crazy? <laughs> get a job. <laughs> get a job. 
Go Socks. Get a job. <laughs> no, that's a terrible accent. Was, yeah, that that's, was really that's a Boston accent. <laughs> that's not what I meant. I this isn't care. the first time we've made this joke. I'm doing a perfect imitation of a Bostonian accent. <laughs> and it's trash because it's it's the trash Bostonian <laughs> accent. Uh, anyways, uh, some people are still in the train and like there's this high-pitched squeal and then... I think like a light flashes and then suddenly RoboCop is standing there. (laughs) Uh, And he's, yeah, he's like, he looks around and he's got like this big trench coat on and he gets off and the kid's like, give me money. And he just walks away and the guy gets onto the train, I guess, to harass the passengers for money. I I don't know why he gets on the train. Yeah, I don't know how he can get on the train. Surely there should be somebody. Well, I guess there would be somebody there. They they just come and check tickets after the train is left. And only sometimes. Like they don't always. That's the gamble you play with via rail. Isn't it weird that trains are like on it like like on a half honor system? They're they're like a half honor system. Man, uh, the other one that's really weird about that fucking Calgary train system. Um, Like they they have like an LRT system to like into the Uh city, and they do a similar thing. Um, of you just hop on, and then every once in a while, a person will come by and ask to like check that you have a ticket. Well, it's weirder now that we have like um, metro passes as well, because you just like walk onto the station, press your metro pass onto like a kiosk, and you just get on the train. <laughs> yep. Well, it's I, it's the same thing in Toronto with like the streetcars and stuff. If you get on the back of the streetcar, you don't actually have to like tap your your pass or anything. Because it's just a terminal. You could just sit on there. But occasionally, they have... I think my sister referred to them as um, ticket pigs. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> where they go through and validate all the tickets. And if you have it on your phone, like you tap it and they're like, yeah, you paid. And if you don't, mm-hmm. then you get a fine and you get kicked off at the next stop. Yeah, because you're not paying for the service. Yeah. As you should be. It's a semi <laughs> It's harsh system. to call them ticket pigs when they're just doing their... <laughs> it's not even like... <laughs> Hey, I'm just saying, that's, I believe that's the term I've heard. Uh, oh. <laughs> Anyhow, this guy gets on the train and can't, well, he could get a lot of money because everyone is dead. Whoa. And then panics is like, let me he, out, let me out, let me out. Yeah, he doesn't have the uh, state of mind to rob the dead people. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, that's, uh, that's a decision. Unlike our D&D campaign, there's uh, normally consequences <laughs> to robbing the dead. <laughs> And we are back. <laughs> hey, we never left. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> this is just a hard cut to we are back. Listen, David David for, said some very you. bad swears, and now we're here. Thank you for uh, from those messages from our sponsors. I, <laughs> I guess I'll make up some... I'm, I'm going to make up a sponsor ad and put it in there. Oh, God. Please don't. Thanks, Subway. Wait, I don't think I'm allowed to actually use companies, am I? <laughs> I mean, it's probably best not to. Spubby, eat food. <laughs> okay, so I think before the ad break now, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, the the beggar goes onto the train, apparently not looking to steal from people. He's not thinking. He's not a bright kid. That's why he's begging. Um, and finds that everyone is dead, and he's like banging. He's like, "Let me out! Let me out! I don't want to be here." And then uh, Robocop just walks away. And that's their cold open. And those people are like, they look real. Like, again, makeup department. Good job, but also why? They look like they've been dead for a while. Yeah. But they're also like eyes wide open. Yeah. And it's it's not great. (laughs) Their skin's kind of got like a weird, like translucent-y 
feel to it. I don't they know. L- yeah, I know. They just look wrong. They, just, like, they, they caught a case of the deaths. <laughs> I hate when that happens. <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. I have to diagnose you with the death. <laughs> I mean, isn't, isn't that-, that what doctors do? <laughs> yeah, but that's not like a diagnosis. That's a pronunciation. Like, I pronounce you dead. Uh, <laughs> I feel like you could classify that as a diagnosis still. No, because death is like a symptom. Oh, man, I want to see a doctor, like, instead of saying you have cancer, you're like, I pronounce you cancer. <laughs> what's, what's, what's the name of the person who, like, does all the work at the morgue? Why am I Mortician. Mortician. Morticians. Well, <laughs> or a medical examiner. The coroner? Yeah, coroner. That's the one. <laughs> I just, like, what's the person that works at the morgue? Mortician. <laughs> well, no, I had that one, but I was like, no, the one that, like, examines the death. No, that's just what... Medical that... examiner. <laughs> coroner. Coroner. That's just what every coroner gets to diagnose, right? No, again, <laughs> that's not how that works. I don't think the coroner cor- gets the people. I don't think you want the coroner to go. Yeah, this guy's dead. <laughs> how do you know? Well, I cut into his chest, and he didn't react. <laughs> Probably dead. Yeah, I don't think the coroner is the person who confirms the death. Because at that point, if the body made it all the way there, it's not Actually, a good sign. I think the coroner does declare them dead. <laughs> oh, do they? I thought the I think declaration the, I, of death was a. Uh, I think they, in most cases, like, EMTs can't pronounce someone dead. They mm-hmm. have to wait for the coroner to show up to declare them dead. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, I think the coroner is the first person generally to declare someone dead, unless there is another doctor for some reason already on site. Yeah. Because EMTs do not have the authority to do it, as far as I know. One of the fun <laughs> things about, about those as well is that trying to uh, actually, like, the, the the classification of death just varies from place to place, which is also cool. Oh, yeah. It's like some places it's heartbeat. Some places it's minimum brain activity. Yeah. It's it's weird. <laughs> yeah. It's Instead strange. of getting into that, let's hop back into Fringe. Woo. Where no death has happened because um, we're at the bishop's yeah. house. Uh, yeah. It's nine o'clock and Walter is writing a letter to Peter basically um, being like, hey, you're from an alternate universe and I hid this from you for the entirety of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, then I've been gaslighting you for a long time. <laughs> I apologize. It was dear Peter. You're from an AU. Get gaslit. Love Walter. <laughs> it was from a place of love. I promise. <laughs> or was it? Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> gaslighting isn't real. You made that up. Ah, <laughs> uh, sick high IQ reference, Charlie. Uh, yeah, you do have to be very smart to get that reference. <laughs> <laughs> uh then peter calls and is like hey walter you seem pretty down lately olivia just said that there was a bunch of death and misery on a train and you like trains so let's go to that uh, trains. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but walter doesn't pick up the phone he just lets peter leave him a message and finishes writing the letter and then tucks it into his sweater um and then they arrive at Bay station and yeah that that bouncy car at the end of the chain is full of dead people <sighs> Ooh. Just makes me so upset. Why? Um, the bouncy car. Oh, I didn't even notice. Bouncy, bouncy car. car at the end the of the chain. chain. Um, yeah. Uh, the like FBI is all around, and Walter goes up and he starts like looking at the people, and then um, Walter like starts trying to like undo their pants, and someone's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Because <laughs> Walter's just like in a cardigan, and he's like, "I'm trying to check their assholes." <laughs> As always, an FBI agent going, who the fuck are you? Please get away from our crime scene. He's like, sudden death, relax your sphincter, and you shouldn't piss yourself when you die. Science facts. And she's like, get the fuck off my train. (laughs) 
<laughs> and Olivia's like, no, 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 it's cool, it's cool, it's cool. He's with me. And she goes, all right. <laughs> sure, <guess>. Wait, whatever. <laughs> um, and Walter's first thought is um, they all died of simultaneous heart attacks. Well, not simultaneous. They like Possibly they were contagious like a yawn. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. Collective heart failure and it could be contagious. Which is, which is also a horrifying thought. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean by they caught a they caught a case of the death. Like ah, oh, Jim, you had a heart attack. Now I'm gonna have a heart attack. <laughs> just, is and it just me the, or the is, is, is done right for the day? Also feeling now. Oh, it's geez. your left arm. It's in my left That's arm. a stroke, isn't it? Yeah, it's your it's your left arm. Mm. Right? Yeah, left arm. Because um, it's wedding bands go on left ring finger, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> There's a reason I'm asking that. The reason why that tradition started is the Romans. I think it was the Romans knew um, the some particular veins or arteries uh, from the heart go down your left arm, which is why when you're having a heart attack, your left arm feels numb. Ooh. And they thought those veins went into your left ring finger. So putting the ring around that is a symbol of binding your heart to someone else, I guess. Yeah. That's where the tradition comes from. Okay. Yeah. That's how I remember which side your ring goes on. If you're married, is heart attack, left arm, ring, left hand. I know it's the opposite hand to the hand I wear my uh, iron ring on. I just know it's the only, <laughs> it's the hand that I could actually put a ring finger on now. What? Or that I could what? put a ring on my ring finger on. What? What? What do you mean? Have you guys not seen, you you seen how fucked up my right ring finger is? No! no. Dude, it's so fucked up. It's, it's this like is bent. L- uh, yeah, I feel like you've shown us once or twice, but no, I this isn't knowledge that I keep in the forefront of my mind. What the <laughs> fuck's wrong with your hand? Here, I'm just going to send you guys a photo in the Discord chat. One sec. Okay. I can't We're wait gonna... for it not to be fucked up at all. Yeah, it's just going to be it's just going to be like a little bit crooked. It's either going to be a little bit crooked and nothing's wrong or it's going to have like bones jutting out at 15 different angles. <laughs> or it's gonna, or it's just going to be bent like at a 90 degree angle. <laughs> like, How yeah, you guys no, never know this. <laughs> So it's, it's certainly not bent at a 90 degree angle, but it's bent. Oh, that is a fat fucking knuckle. Yo. Oh, dude, what happened? Break it in heel properly? Um, I had what was described by the uh, plastic surgeon, because that's who you go to for um, finger issues, mm-hmm. um, that it was the worst break that he'd seen in a finger um, in his like in his entire career. And he was like 60 year old, years old at the time. Uh, I broke that when I was in uh, between grade 11 and grade 12. You could Jesus. get a ring on that. You're, uh, the, uh, the bottom part's bigger than the top part. So you just got to get a ring that fits on the bottom part. <laughs> <laughs> and then weld it on? No. If it just sits snugly on the bottom, it's not going to slide off to the front. <laughs> You could get you could get a ring made of metal that expands when cold, and so you can slide it over. And then when it gets warmer, it'll constrict back up and fit snugly and can't get past your malformed knuckle. But isn't that the opposite of what metal normally does? <laughs> I don't know. You could get you could get a ring that it's like a latch open. Also, while up. while we're examining your hand, what's up with that bald patch on the right side of your arm, like your wrist? <laughs> Why are we just razzing Nick about his hand now? Thanks, I, thanks Charlie. It, this... it stands out, and I just want to know now. Like, did you <laughs> burn yourself? Is that from when you got hit by a car? Wait, which which bald patch? On the right <laughs> side of your wrist. On the right side of my wrist? No, that's just how my wrists are. It's both of them. Oh, yeah, I got the same is. thing. Yeah, yeah that's, Charlie. Just, that's just oh. how it works. Why you got to right. insult Nick so badly for no God, reason? All I wanted to talk about was my fucked up ring finger. Jesus. <laughs> God, that's the last uh, time that I said you handpicks. 
<laughs> no, it's not. Uh, oh, I guess before um, they get on the commuter train, Peter is talking to Olivia and is like, man, Walter seems really off recently. It's like he wants to tell me something, something important. Olivia's <laughs> like, but but did he say anything? Did he, what, what did he say? What did he tell you? What did, what did he tell you? <laughs> Peter's like, nothing. And Olivia's like, oh, okay, cool. Tell me what he does, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, I want to sure know. You're as just well. imagining it. Gaslight, gaslight, gaslight. <laughs> I got something to tell you too, maybe. Hmm? I don't know. He seems fine to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, because he's like, Have you noticed that Walter hasn't been eating, drinking, or having fun? And Olivia's like, Nah, it seems the same to me, bro. That's just what Walter's always it. like. I gotta anyways, go over anyways, here this now. Murder. <laughs> <laughs> this multiple murder. Um, but yeah, no, so they <clears throat> take a look, um, they start trying to examine the, the victims, um, and, uh, Peter examines- Broils out of nowhere. Oh my god. With the chair. <laughs> <laughs> By god, that man is broken in half. <laughs> but yes, we, we yes. do get our Broils appearance <laughs> as we need to. <laughs> um, cause they have the panhandler as a witness, and he's like, oh, this giant dude, um, like six foot plus brown hair bumped into me and then he took off and they're trying to see if they can get him on video camera and peter is like hey walter your heart attack theory would it also kill all the lights in this car <laughs> and you know like these phones as well because he starts examining a phone yeah. would it also rob these people <laughs> <laughs> yeah none of these guys have their phones or walkmans or wallets on them super weird anyway i gotta go see a friend about a thing <laughs> I gotta go to a pawn shop. Don't I got an worry appointment at a pawn shop. Uh, <laughs> it's fine. Uh, but Broyles like hears this and he's like, "Dr. Bishop, do you have any thoughts?" And Walter's like, "Nope, except that I'm probably wrong about heart attacks." <laughs> I would also like to point out that Walter does drop his note uh, and it gets picked up by a uh, by an FBI agent here as well. Which yeah. also, guys, it's a crime scene. You can't be contaminated. Like. You can't just you, you can't just go, oh yeah, no, that's mine, sorry. And then they <laughs> yeah. go, oh yeah, for sure. That's how that works. Oh. <laughs> but hey, it's fine. Um Yeah. They get six or seven bodies and they head back to the lab. Yeah, and they see that there's uh, a dude walking away. They get that on uh, camera as well. Yeah. Ooh. They're like, Man, that guy should be outfitted with like robotic prosthetics and be made an enforcer of the law. Man, he, he, he has he maybe has one of those two things. I, this, it's going to be full of RoboCop references. Get ready, RoboCop. Fair the, enough, dude. Okay. Um, Walter finds out that I think it's like all the mitochondria, which is the powerhouse of the cell, has been drained Ooh. in the bodies. I thought we could have avoided that. Never. Oh fuck no, dude. Steer into that. <sighs> yeah so whatever drained their phones and stuff of their energy also drained their bodies of their energy so like they died because their cells had no power left i guess which is which, I'll, strange I'll accept this i'll accept this as an explanation um hey, once we find out what's going on later on all their all their body sugar is gone yeah <laughs> that's why they look so fucked up <laughs> this is what happens when you don't have body sugar <laughs> everything just stops and he's like, oh, hey, um, Astrid, I need lung, brain, and skin samples. And Astrid's like, you don't pay me enough to do this shit. <laughs> Peter is like, Walter, why are you acting sus? And Walter's like, nothing's wrong. Go back to doing tasks. <laughs> gotta, it's wrong. Communicate with that, gotta communicate with that young audience with the Among Us reference, too. <laughs> you can't see it, but I'm flossing right now. Mm. Uh, <laughs> 
Well, David, that I think afternoon, you've, I think weekend energy. <laughs> well, David, I think you've got a good uh, description to put in this uh, in this episode now. It's fine. I'm dabbing. We're all doing our things. <laughs> in this episode, Charlie flosses, David dabs, and Nick just runs away. <laughs> Nick bemoans the fact he can't wear a ring on his right hand. <laughs> Nick sends Nick sends handpicks to the rest of the team. <laughs> <laughs> the team brutally insults them. <laughs> Oh, um, but yeah, then Olivia and Broyles are at the FBI building to look over the security camera footage and they see Robocop leaving the train station, crossing the road, and then getting a coffee. Because that's what you do when you kill a trainload of people. Yep. You go get, a like, I don't even know. I just drink coffee. What's a fancy coffee, David? What's a coffee you would drink after killing a train full of people? That you would spend 45 um, minutes in a coffee shop for as well. Probably yeah. just like a macchiato or something. <laughs> That'd be nice. <laughs> cool. He drank a macchiato. That's what we've learned. Have, have you been craving a macchiato, David, and you just can't get one? Oh, man, I've been craving, craving Starbucks so badly. <laughs> but it's not worth it to get it Uber-eated or DoorDashed. <laughs> I'm definitely not going out to a Starbucks. Why would you not just go to a drive-thru? Because that uh, requires leaving the house. It does. <laughs> I haven't left the house in a long while. Jesus, but David, dude. if you leave the house, you can get a macchiato from Starbucks, get some McDonald's, and then go get poutine. Ah, uh, those are all things I want. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. Treat yourself. I'm going to treat myself because I got to go deliver my laptop to the office ah. <laughs> on the 15th. So I'm going to go treat myself then. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> David's got a plan. <laughs> uh, anyhow, they, Olivia goes to the cafe to go ask around and the one barista is like oh yeah he's in here a lot super weird because he um he always draws on like napkins and play settings does a bunch of math like a nerd yeah fucking nerd <laughs> he's not in here writing a script like a normal coffee goer <laughs> yeah. he's in here doing he's math. not a that's why we shun him <laughs> yeah he, he buys multiple coffees that he pays for promptly and then once he's done doing his math stuff here, he leaves. Not like the other guys who buy one small coffee and then type away on their MacBooks for 15 hours because they don't have <laughs> internet at their apartment. God, what the worst human being. <laughs> if that's too real for you, stop listening to this and get a job. <laughs> oh. Hey, Charlie, I'd like to remind you that when we started this podcast, the current Charlie would like to say something to past Charlie. Hey, past Charlie was looking for a job and then found a job. <laughs> I was probably job hunting while we were doing this podcast, like while we were recording it. Uh, I don't think that's the. And I have internet at my house. It's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, they find out that he's paid with credit card, um, and they are able to track him down, uh, as you do. Yeah, uh, they get his name now. It's Alistair Peck, but I'm still going to refer to him as Robocop. Yep, as you do. Um, and they raid his house, and there's just a bunch of hardcore math everywhere it's man um, i didn't realize that there was softcore math <laughs> yeah softcore math is like eighth grade algebra hardcore math is like complex equations and like theoretical stuff seventh order polynomials so does that mean there's yeah. also vanilla math yeah two plus two. Oh, okay which sometimes doesn't equal four Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> anti-masker oh. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> oh sorry no not anti-masker um anti-mafter <laughs> No, Terrence Howard er. Oh, you get the you get that I, reference. I get right? the reference. He's probably also an anti-masker. To be fair, <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, while okay. they're while they're in the lab, um, 
we, Robocop shows up and starts killing everyone. End of scene. <laughs> Definitely. Wait, what? <laughs> That's what happens, right? <laughs> Robocop's like, hey, get out, of, get out of my apartment trespassing and then well, murders no. okay. them all. <laughs> so, citizen, this is, this is trespassing. <laughs> um, I no, am so- as docile as a puppy. <laughs> Alistair shows up and he's like, why are you guys touching all my shit? <laughs> and then immediately everyone pulls a gun on him. <laughs> well, Walter cool also looks it. through and he's like, wow, these equations are really fucking sexy. God damn. Um, <laughs> and he's like, this is, this is about how, this is a mathematical representation of how subatom- subatomic particles work. It's like the guy worked at MIT in 99 and he's like, oh, this guy has kind of flipped uh, the theory of relativity. And tachyons have a lot of energy, a lot of weird science stuff with to do with like fine particles, basically. And then Peck shows up. Yes. And hey, this this time, um, every, yeah, no, they they pull all their guns on Peck. Um, Peck is like trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, Walter comes downstairs and sees um, that Peck's arms are kind of fucked up and goes, "Oh, he's done some things to himself. That's a Faraday mesh." Uh, <laughs> To create the the thing that David posted in the force chat, force app chat. Oh God! <laughs> a body time. horror. Why? This one's real bad too. I don't like it. <laughs> David in particular doesn't no, like I, this one. No, I I got the same thing. I don't like like subdermal stuff. That's like, yeah. the the scene in like the mummy where those beetles crawl underneath the guy's skin. Yeah, that's um, not okay. That's never okay. Don't do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, holes in in flesh. Not not great. Um, there's a video of a toad that like hatches its oh, eggs. Don't talk about that yeah. toad. I hate yeah. that toad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. David knows what I'm talking about. It's it's fucked up. It's not okay. All right, but yeah. So the good news is is that Peck isn't that toad. <laughs> yeah, no, none of his children are gonna crawl out of his skin. Ugh. Instead, all he's gonna do is phase out of existence <laughs> and then pop back to the train. Cause boom, baby, yep. we got a time travel time episode. Time travel. Woo! Yeah. Oh, I love time travel. <laughs> I, this show, this episode does time travel in like the best way too. Yeah, oh, so good, so good. We'll get to it, but this is like my favorite episode of French. All right, so now that Grand we're uh, really now that it's the penny's been dropped, it's time travel. I thought it'd be interesting to ask, what are some of your other favorite uh, time travel movies or TV shows? Uh, Groundhog Day is super fun. Groundhog Day is great. Any any well executed Groundhog Day episode is really fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stargate SG One did one where two of the characters get stuck in a time loop. And for those of you who don't know, Stargate's plot is the military finds a object capable of creating wormholes to specific points, so they start investigating planets on like the other side of the galaxy, stuff like that. So at one point they get so bored they're just driving golf balls through the wormhole, and they're like, "How far do you think that is?" And the one guy's like. Well, that planet's like a couple trillion miles away. He goes, so it's a good drive. That was a fun one. Uh, that was a good time. Unfortunately, there are more than five seasons of that show. Yeah. And they're all good. Hey, man, I'm I'll sure someone disagrees with you. Way. Oh, a large portion of the fan base notes a <laughs> remarkable drop-off in quality at some point, but it, it climbs back up. Okay. <laughs> um, Any other good time travel stuff? Uh, Steins Gate, if you're looking for anime. Steins Gate is oh, great. yeah. yeah. Uh um oh dark how could i forget about dark yeah go, i was going to say go Charlie, watch you... dark <laughs> like, i refuse you've told me so many times i think i think that's the fifth time this podcast you've mentioned dark uh, just go watch it it's so good primer and looper those are pretty good oh god uh, set aside 3 days to watch primer <laughs> 
three days. No, like legitimately, have you not it, seen is, Primer, it dude? is renowned for being. I have not. A seen what oh my the god! Fuck movie. The time travel in that. Oh, we should watch Primer. It still hurts my brain. <laughs> Primer is like one of the first successful movies to do hardcore time travel well. That's good. Um, where it's like, here are the actual implications of if you traveled through linear time. Hmm. Yeah, that's not parallel universes either. It's linear time, yeah. which is what makes it so fucked up. It doesn't yeah. pull a Dragon Ball Z and does like multiverse branching timelines. Doesn't pull in Avengers. Doesn't, yeah, yeah, it doesn't pull any just... of those. It's just literally. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Okay, that's fun. Um, hey, this is technically our second time that we've had time travel in Fringe as well. So that's cool. What was the first time? The, the Observers. <laughs> Uh, I don't really count yeah. them though. Again, they wasn't really time travel. Like <laughs> that one's just they move through time weird. Yeah, like AKA I don't time classify travel. that as I don't <laughs> classify that as time travel because they're not experiencing events. They're experiencing events non-linearly, but they're not like experiencing the same events again. I have yeah, they don't that in- statement, but <laughs> no, but they don't interact with their past. Sure, sure. Uh, unless you're gonna tell me, with. unless you're gonna tell me, the observers are watching the same thing over and over again, which I don't think that's uh, from that episode. Not looking at anything else, I thought the vibe that was that they're still experiencing something once, just that they can choose what points of time to experience freely, and out of order. Like okay, different forms of time travel. We're getting off topic. <laughs> like, this yes. is actual repeating of events. Yes, this is yep. this is classic tra- time travel. So yeah, um, Robocop arrives back on the train, and then. Um, we start the episode over again. Um, this time Peter, Peter calls, steps on the letter. <laughs> yeah, Peter calls Walter, tells him to go to the train station. We arrive at the train. Everyone is dead. We're getting kind of different camera views of people. Like, now we're following Olivia through the train instead of staying on Walter. She talks to the the panhandler a little bit more. Um, also, this time the panhandler says that the guy actually spoke to him and said, I'm sorry that you have to see this again. Which yeah. Is yeah. So fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, does Does Walter get the letter this time? Yep. Still? But this time okay. Peter steps on it. Yeah. Ooh. We're getting closer. <laughs> getting closer. This is very classic time travel shenanigans, and I'm down for it. Yeah. <laughs> they do it in a really satisfying way. I was digging this episode. Like yeah. the second that they went back in time, was like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> and it's it's the perfect amount of repetition where it doesn't get boring. Because some shows do that where it's like, okay, we're rebooting again, and then they yeah, have they to like, show they show too much of the reboot. This does a really good job of um, skipping some of the boring parts. Yeah. Oh, we're showing you like the different perspective now. Olivia is getting the call from Peter, being like, "Hey, all their cells died." Instead of seeing Peter learn that all their cells died, I think. Well, it's important because it's just fringe trusting the audience a little, like yeah, not having to spell it out too much. Oh, what's uh, what's there that anime, times the, en- fringe. the Endless Eight or something? Where they it's just the same episode eight times. Oh, you're talking about Haruhi Suzumiya. Yeah. That so that oh man. Oh, <laughs> uh, that was fantastic. So <laughs> some background on that. So Haruhi was a show that came out like in the two thousands. It was a real big deal. It was sort of what made light novels like an actual medium and a reference material for uh anime in general because of like how big that anime got. And then in two thousand eight they randomly announced that, okay, uh, it's a really big show. It's been a couple of years. We're going to reshow it on broadcast television. And people were like, just reshow the same show again? And like, yeah, 100%, just reshow the show. And then randomly one week, they started airing the shows. And then randomly one week, they're like, hey, wait, this isn't one of the old episodes. This is a new episode. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and it was a completely new episode. And people went, wait, is this new content? And like, yeah, there was 13 new episodes in the season. 
Oh my God. Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, one of the arcs in the uh, light novel is called Endless Eight, in which the characters are caught in a time loop that lasts an entire summer. And the way they decided to show that was they made 13 episodes where the exact same events take place. But they remade, like, they weren't just the same episode. They were literally new episodes, but the same events happen. Just different perspectives? Yep, and it lasted for eight. No, same perspective, exact same thing, just reanimated. Huh. Exact same content, <laughs> like full on. Like the characters find out they're in a time loop, and they try the exact same things to get out of it. Huh. And it lasts for eight episodes, eight weeks. Jesus, <laughs> of being like, maybe were, it'll be different. Yeah, people were pissed. Yeah, I remember. I remember hearing. I remember hearing about that. And going, wow, that's that's amazing. I'm so glad people that, that got done. So angry, especially because they had already teased. Like they came out like, yeah, we made 13 new episodes. Like it's a secret. Don't worry. And then they eat them for this. <laughs> it's so. To be fair, there are some slight differences because there is one character out of the cast who was experiencing, who wasn't in the time loop. They were actually experiencing them. Like they, they weren't getting their memories erased. And there is a tiny, t the problem is they are like the emotionless character. So there are tiny, tiny differences in every episode <laughs> of their reaction. And it's like oh, so small. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh. Highly recommend some of the greatest anime trolling ever. It's got to be up there with making everyone like fall in love with a character and then hitting her with a bus. I mean, but this is just from time spent, like eight weeks of like literally because it was a episode a week. So it was eight weeks. Oh, God. I'm just imagining how it must have been in week seven thing. when they went, wait, is this all 13? Like, <laughs> well, no, because no, the best part was that the arc is called Endless Eight. Right. So which you know is why it was eight. eight episodes. So when like Endless Eight episode one came out and then the second episode came out and then people went, no, no, they're not going to do it for eight. No, no. That's not. <laughs> and then episode three came out. They're like, wait, what are you doing? Why? <laughs> Why would you do this to me? <laughs> like the slow reveal as time went on on Reddit was amazing. <laughs> Just like, the comment threads were fantastic. Uh, anyhow, uh, Olivia gets the call from Peter. They find out that it's Alistair Peck and they get his address. Uh, they raid it again uh, for the first time. Um, and this time, it's empty. Yeah, Walter... <laughs> goes in but there's no math anymore well there's no complex math. well there's no complex equations written up on the walls or blackboards or anything yeah. so um, only softcore math here yeah <laughs> so walter finds the award saying uh, award he won at mit for distinguished work as an astrophysicist something like that uh olivia says she's having deja vu and peter's like oh deja vu is fate's way of telling you exactly where you are except the show has already established that Deja Vu is you glimpsing an alternate universe. So what the fuck, yep. Fringe? Where's your internal logic? This season is now I, trash. Honestly, I no, I think this was a thing because I wrote it down. Because they start talking about how Deja Vu is a glimpsing into a parallel universe. And it cuts to Olivia there. And she's looking real wonky about it. Um, and also Peter's reference to he's never had Deja Vu before. <laughs> which That's I thought really was real... One real interesting <laughs> of the implications because <laughs> if it is you catching a glimpse into the other universe and peter's never had this before doesn't speak well for alternate peters existing <laughs> just gonna mm. put that out there well i think in particular they're talking about the other the other universe oh, yeah. that we know of which is why uh, i also just noticed um when olivia goes to the bathroom to look through the dude's medicine cabinet 
there's a little glass uh, seahorse laying on its side in one of the oh. shelves, which nice. is one of the glyphs. One day, we'll, one day we'll hear that there's actually been all of the glyphs in every episode. Uh, and I will go, you're lying to me, Fringepedia. I don't believe you. <laughs> uh, um, Peter finds a uh, photo album labeled Me and Alistair, and it's um, Robocop with some woman, and Olivia finds evidence that there was like another person, probably a woman, based off the pink toothbrush, because Olivia still isn't gender woke, um, and they don't know where she is. This was 2010. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Peck doesn't show up this time um, to jump back in time. Nope. Nope. Instead, they, he's, he's made sure that this time it's different. Um, yeah. Um, Walter and Olivia also have a quick chat where Olivia's like, you need to tell him. Um, he knows something's up. And Walter's like, oh, well, I wrote him a letter. It says everything perfectly. Um, I would give it to him, but every time I do, like, I see his reaction and I'm scared of doing it but I'm waiting for a sign that tells me everything will be okay, and then I'll give it to him. And then Peter shows up interrupting the conversation saying, hey, I found um, templates for machine parts, and they appear to be prototypes for something. Um, and then, yeah, <laughs> And then we see what they're prototypes for because Robocop is working away on a, on a grinder making finished copies of them. And then he takes off his uh, apron and shirt, and you get the full body horror. Boo. Oh is, man, that just does not look good. It is it's yeah. Kudos to the makeup team, but god fucking damn it, guys. <laughs> Why do you make like, David so upset all the time? Oh, <laughs> I hate it. I hate it so much. Yeah. It's like you can see parts underneath the skin and like and there's it's parts like that skin kinda is, like stick out. Yeah, and skin is kinda like stretched thin and in thin strands over cross, like like holes in in a knitted sweater like dude there there had to be a way not that you didn't have to put this in yourself right like there there had to be like a suit you could wear or something i don't know no, i, I want to make sure i want to make sure just like how um with with shape changing in the dnd universe this is also how time travel has to work that you create absolutely not <laughs> you want to have the ability oh. to travel through time you could spend like five years doing a bunch of hardcore math and then also uh start injecting yourself <laughs> with components <laughs> oh. oh man uh fringepedia gets worse again uh for the next scene because they go to mit to talk to peck's old supervisor i think um and she's like oh yeah he was super focused on particle acceleration and creating wormholes basically he was looking into time travel and none of us none of us understood it and we were happy he left so we didn't have to fire him yeah <laughs> um Olivia's like, we found this photo, and the woman's like, oh yeah, that was his fiance Arlette. Oh, Arlette and Alistair, that's kind of cute. Um, uh, she was like, I don't remember much about Alistair. He was kind, just wasn't really social. Um, and she's like, hey, there's all these journals that he wrote. The content is way too above brow for most people to understand, so they've just been gathering dust. And from Fringepedia, Olivia accepts the journals, hyphen. She knows Walter Ugh. can handle the content. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think there's uh, much changes in the edits between yours and mine right now. Okay. Uh, they go back to the lab, and Walter is like, um, I finished reading the journals. I need 20 years, another good mind, and I will have gotten what he's talking about in these journals. <laughs> so, really high rough stuff. Hmm. basically what, what was the prime primer is what you guys what you guys were saying 
Yeah. Just primer on steroids. <laughs> I know, because you can understand primer after like a couple watches. Fair. <laughs> so it only takes you like maybe a, three days to understand it. Yeah, it's apparently, Primer's a movie that's like literally watch it like back to back with itself. Huh. And then also watch it with the chart out and <laughs> yeah. take notes. <laughs> Have a whiteboard so that you could write everything down. Uh, sounds like a good drinking game. Every uh, time you don't understand something, drink. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, Walter does note like, hey, I think I know what killed the people on the train. Uh, the amount of energy required to jump through time at the speed of light. When he lands, it requires energy, so it drains energy from everything around him. So when he jumped back in time, he killed the people and the electronics on the train to mm-hmm. get the energy to compensate for the time travel. Um, Which, hey, and... once again, David, I expect that to be also in the D&D universe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can travel back in time, but you kill everyone around you. <laughs> Listen, for, for a special episode, we should play a Call of Cthulhu modern one-shot set in the Fringe universe. Oh, that would be dope. That would be really cool. <laughs> Where, you, where I just bring back old episodes of Fringe? <laughs> um, honestly, I think we should do that on December 31st of this year. And we should release it on that day. <laughs> Why? Because that was the origin. That's the one-year anniversary of the origin of the podcast. Oh. oh that's a good yeah, idea. Yeah, we could do that. I would have to start writing the adventure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I apologize for that, David. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. Nah, D&D's fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Walter does keep going through because Astrid has located Arlette Turling um, and they find like the car in one of the pictures was registered to her and so uh, she's like the only friend that he has been known to have um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and in the back of one of the journals, Walter says there's a chapter an unfinished chapter um, ending with achieving the Arlette principle. Ooh. Um, but Walter figures out what that might mean because Arlette died in a car crash 10 months earlier and Peck is traveling back in time to try and save her. So even more traditional time travel. 10 yep, months. Pretty much. Uh, 10 months. Walter, right, ref- Walter reflects somberly on his own predicament. Hyphen, oh my God. Grief, really? Do grief can drive back to these? Grief can drive people to extraordinary lengths. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Uh, and they deduce um, where Peck has a secondary lab based off of... Um, based off of his cell phone. Yeah, our let's, his cell phone. Let's his cell phone. His fiance's cell phone that is still alive. And they find out that the nearest cell tower is near MIT. And they assume, hey, like Walter has a lab in Harvard, he probably has a lab at MIT. Yep. Yeah. Um, they set up some snipers. And Walter's like, what the fuck is this about? Um, and... Olivia's like, hey, you guys kind of have like similar goals, so we just we want everyone to be okay and for him to not kill more people. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, they uh, make sure they, they Walter asks to be sent in. Because Walter's like, this man is similar to me. He's going through something similar to what I did. I can talk to him. I understand that like, the only way that in. we can confirm that he won't jump is kill him, but let's see. If Insert we... me, coach. Insert me. Send me in, coach. I was going to say put me in. Insert just feels weird. <laughs> See, it's a good place reference. But <laughs> Nick, this is the same thing as the trains. It's it's a valid term to use. No, but you no, would, it's not. <laughs> you would slap David for using it if he said it to you in person. Ah, uh, this one seems worse. Bouncy <laughs> no, no, car the at the end of the sounds worse. Bouncy car at the end of the train. No, Insert me in, coach. The, no, no, bouncy car at the end of the chain, not train. <laughs> oh, sorry. Bouncy car at the end of the chain is equivalent to insert me, coach. <laughs> 
Nope. Nope to both of those. Just, just you, no thank you. You can say them. You just shouldn't. Uh, it just, just makes me upset. I feel like both of those are dirtier than they need to be. It's the same thing as let's watch this 56-year-old man that's inside the body of a 17-year-old. It's valid, but no, we no, shouldn't you, have you said it 20 times. It's just inside. Gum, uh... If anyone did create that uh, terrible joke list and who cr- uh, created ownership of them, can we make sure Nick gets ownership of this one? Why? As well? <laughs> Why this one? <laughs> I don't know. This one's not even me. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, we see uh, Robocop is doing some additions to his nightmare chest. Um, it looks like what the Borg should have been in star trek like it's so bad dude oh, man. i hated this scene specifically just the close-up surgery like what the fuck friend and he like he like lifts skin flaps to make sure the gear cog whatever fits where it needs to Ugh. Uh, it doesn't even like he doesn't even look bulky underneath all the makeup so i don't even know how they did this but it's they a, impressive do they did it well is what they did yeah horror is what it is it's terrible this is ultimate body horror um and walter shows up and he's like hey um i know you could time travel at any time and get out of here i just want to talk and peck recognizes walter he's like oh i read your new frontiers in genetic hybridization so they Mm -hmm. know of each other and they respect each other's intellect and work um I was also sort of of the opinion that he saw walter last time so maybe he went hmm time to figure out who that guy is Potentially. It's also a question of uh, how many times has Peck actually jumped. Yeah, because yeah. we do not know. They, they only show us one, but the possibility it, it could be multiple times. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Peck uh, makes them some tea. Yeah, it's very and nice. And they start and he, having and he, one of the best... He walks com- near a window, and then Walter goes, whoa, don't do that, they're snipers. Yeah. <laughs> Bros is like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> Walter, get better at get better at doing this entire you know like hostage negotiation essentially. Yeah, and now we have one of the best conversations of the season, if not the show, because Walter's basically like, "I know what you're trying to do, but saving your fiance won't reset everything. You will still have killed all those people because that will be mm-hmm. your final timeline." Um, and Peck's like, "But it's my fault. She died." Because I asked her to go get stuff for wedding gifts. Well, no, because she wanted to go do a registry oh, yes, for sir. wedding gifts. And then he said, nah, I have better things to do. And they got into a fight. And so then she said, fine, I'll go do it by myself and drove off and walked off. And he was like, yeah. And then meanwhile, I saw this really cool hot air balloon. And I just <laughs> stared at that for a long time. And eventually I figured out how to time travel. Yeah. Unfortunately, while I was staring at the d- balloon, my wife died. <laughs> Yeah. Or my fiance died. And even then he's like he's like, I can time travel without killing anyone. All I have to do is travel to that field and then I'll just kill the surrounding plants. I won't kill any people, just the plants. And I've then done I the calculations. <laughs> and you're this is where you start to get the feel like this isn't traditional time travel episode anymore. <laughs> Cause um like, he's not like, oh, I don't care about the consequences. I just have to save her. He's actually like, no, no, no I'm going to do this in a moralistic way. 
Like, no, I figured it out. I know exactly when to go where it's going to be not hurt anyone. Though I would yeah. like to point out that if the like expansion of like death that occurs has to be like linear of like energy that's being like drawn, mm. the like twelve hour thing to the like ten months ten trip month thing, I would like knock out like the, New York. <laughs> yeah, when he time travels later on, because he does end up doing it, and they show like the ring of grass he absorbed. I'm like, well, that should be way more. There's no way he got enough energy for just from that much grass. Well, it's important oh, to maybe, recognize, David. Maybe that it he went also down. got everything down yeah yeah the, I the guess. earth's core is now cold but then how far deep does that go yeah does it, the earth, does it go out to the other end he killed like, he killed a lot of mole people <laughs> um but yeah walter he's like i know why you haven't traveled back yet though you can't you can only go as far back as yesterday right now um and then he walter unplugs the wire that royal sent him in with because he ain't no snitch <laughs> um and Walter's like, I know the error, and I know how to fix it. Yeah, I, I love this line, by the way. It's the, uh, you used a seventh order polynomial. You should have used a ninth. <laughs> Does it, uh, no. Yeah, and he's like, hey, I know I just solved your problem for you, but, like, don't time travel, don't please. Do it, but don't do it. Listen, I have to cover my bases. I'm going to plug this back in and go, please don't time travel, mister. <laughs> Please, Mr. Robocop, um, please don't time travel anymore. At this point, Burles, after uh, Walter unplugged it, went, what the fuck is happening? Because <laughs> I assume they thought the worst had happened. So they started sending in officers. Yeah. Um, but then we get into, because Walter's always kind of had hints of like theological ideas where he's like, I I don't want to be religious because if there is, then bad things are going to happen to me. Um, and uh, sorry, I'm looking at the wiki. Um Walter's like, you're betraying, like, he's like, okay, it's not about innocence, it's not about doing this, you're breaking the fundamental laws of nature, you're treading on God's domain, um, I know what this feels like, because I went into another universe and robbed someone of their son, and everything that has happened since then is God punishing me for doing that, and I want a sign of forgiveness from God to show, like, that that was okay, I want a white tulip. And I forget his reason for wanting a white tulip. I think it's like a rare flower that isn't in bloom right now. <laughs> so he's like, the only way I could get one is through like divine providence. And hey, there's your episode title. Yeah. Ooh. We, yeah. Get, we get white tulip. Um, but Peck has kind of an alternating view. He's like, God is science. We're doing this stuff through God. And the fact that I am able to do this is all the faith I need that I'm okay to do this. Which, Which is uh, morally uh, fuzzy, fuzzy. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like it boils down to can God create a rock that he can't lift? Yeah, I mean, I get I get the spirit of what he's saying. It's just doesn't make sense if you break it down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Walter's like, hey, uh, if you go through with this, you're going to cause consequences, but maybe not just to you. Like you're going to maybe cause things to go bad for other people. And I realize that every time I look at my son. Um, and then the the raid happens, and Peck disappears through time travel. Ooh, spooky! But this time he doesn't go back to the train. He's back in his original lab, and there are a bunch of dead people yeah. around the lab. Yeah, and he starts working with a ninth order polynomial. Yep, starts starts <laughs> doing his math, which means not that I just. <laughs> 
The fact that that's the difference just makes me upset. <laughs> Listen, your approximation, you weren't quite fitting well enough with your lower order polynomial. You just got to go up to, to to make it fit better. It's it's like then all how the rest of the math will work. It's sometimes you need to just have um the the Avenger solution. Just like, hey, flip that infinite plane and run it in reverse. Oh, look, time travel. <laughs> Inverting the Mobius strip? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Make it a Mobius strip and invert it. Oh, look, that worked. Wow. Oh, wow. I invented time travel. Oh, wow. Why? Why? I'm Owen Wilson. I figured out time travel. Hey, guys, oh, wow. we've been going for like an hour and a half. I know. Yeah. We're almost there. <laughs> we're almost there. <laughs> um, They... Yeah, so um, RoboCop starts working on the new math, and th- we get to the same point where they're like, Arlette Turling, find her phone. Oh, look, we found the lab again. Also, um, there's a police officer who just called in that two of his friends are dead. Yeah. Yeah, I think that should have been the biggest clue. <laughs> yeah, so basically, Peck is found again. Uh, he sits down, uh, but he scribbles out a quick letter this time. Uh, addressing it to Carol Bryce, which was mm-hmm. the supervisor they in, they interviewed earlier. Um, Peck like looks in the mirror and sees the the laser pointer like targeted on his head. Uh, dodges the sniper's bullet, and then um, he travels back to May eighteenth, I believe, and he lands in that super large field by the hot air balloon. And yeah, all the grass around him just is kind of not dead. even all the grass <laughs> just, that's Listen, a significant new, radius though every, not no. enough for 10 for 10 months of time travel you Charlie, don't know the Charlie, math a... well d- what Charlie, how much they, they lost an entire previously? train and like yeah, a bunch of people and it killed that many people okay like, but grass does not have the but, same amount of energy as a human <laughs> body but you're Certainly not 13 of them you're assuming that it's like an equivalency where like time travel goes, okay, I need like 18 gigajoules of energy. And then someone is only going to be half dead. I think you arrive and it takes all it can. Okay. But also the hot air balloon is still being powered. I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> right. He should have absorbed all the energy from the hot air balloon. I'm just going to like, this is the least important part of the episode. <laughs> Nope. Nah, man. Uh, this is literally the least important part of the episode. David and I are going to spoil this episode for you, Charlie. No, you can't because it's a perfect episode. Um, <laughs> Robocop. Way more energy. Robocop starts like booking it down the street and like running off. And he finds he finds Arlette and she's getting to her car and he gets in and she's like, oh, what? I thought you weren't coming with me today. And I really dig the effect here where like you can barely hear her yeah as well and it's just sort of like you hear the ringing in his ears because he's just been running and he's sort of not focused on what she's saying yeah and then he just holds her hand and he's all sweaty and then you kind of see the truck coming in in the over shoulder shot and then the truck hits and kills both of them hey look he closed his loop yeah which is a closed time loop (laughs) um then carol has seen primer before yeah uh carol gets the letter because now peck died in may um so he now died one month before he should have retired mm-hmm. i think um so carol gets the letter and it says deliver to walter bishop on this um, date yeah on this date we're doing a back to the future thing and it coincides with walter uh writing writing the letter to peter at the beginning of the episode um and he gets up to get the mail 
having he actually burns the letter he finishes it and then he throws the letter in the fire yeah i don't know why he decided to burn it this time because he was never interrupted by the phone call yeah i guess it just seems like i feel like he should have i just feel like it works better logically if he gets the mail first then burns the letter rather than burning the letter and then no, really no, the only difference no. being the phone call no I, I think he was, always on <laughs> he was always intent on destroying it. He just got distracted, maybe didn't finish the letter the first mm-hmm. time and didn't want it lying around the house. I think he was maybe wavering on if he should destroy it or not. And the phone call interrupting him was like, okay, we have a thing. I need to focus on something else right now. This time he has the full time to be like, this isn't right. I need to, it either needs to not be a letter or I'm not going to tell him. And he has all that time to consider it. So that's right. why he burns the letter this time. R- right. I get it. It's just, it seems it seems weird to me narratively that it's just the phone call that is the big like I yeah ripples. I just yeah I I, I get the ripples. I just don't like it because it's not as strong of a symbol. I guess okay. Anyhow, as a narrative, like yeah. yeah. Anyhow, uh, Peter comes in. He fixed Walter's turntable, um, which we saw him doing twice this episode, hoping it would cheer Walter up. Um, Walter's like, oh, I'm fine. I'll be better soon. I, a decision was weighing on me. Um, uh, so Peter goes upstairs uh, to, I guess, set up the turntable. And the mail has been delivered. And Walter opens it up. And there is one forwarded from Carol Bryce. And inside is a hand-drawn white tulip. Um, showing, to Walter at least, he believes that it's a message from God. That he is forgiven mm. for snatching Peter. And that's the episode. Ooh. Um, the observer is in the doorway near the vehicle crash that kills Peck and his fiance, which I guess makes sense because to them that would be a significant event. Because um, it's the, the first guided time travel. Yeah. And yeah, no, the, that's solid. the glyph spells out secret. Ooh. Who would have guessed? <laughs> um, all right, David, you ready for your favorite part? Wait, didn't we do observer? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I zoned out. <laughs> Ooh, this this previously on isn't even bad. Yeah, I was going to ask you, Charlie, don't what you thought you. about this one. I don't believe you. No, people. it's really not that bad. Yep. Do you think David's ever going to be able to guess it, though, Charlie? Oh, no, 100% not. All right, these, these are impossible to guess. All right, David, prove Charlie wrong. <laughs> oh, God. Um, <laughs> last episode was terrible body horror, plague bearer. This episode is all about uh, time travel, white tulips. Was there a white tulip at all in the last episode? Or like a flower? No. Something related to the mail? No. A letter? No. No. Okay, those are my guesses then. All right, right, just tell them. Yep. So David, if we remember back to last episode, Olivia was having a lot of sleep troubles, right? I'm not going to like this, am I? So remember when she decided to go to the bowling alley? When she turned over to look at the clock to see what time it was? Yes. No. No, I don't remember that. <laughs> the, the time on the clock was five eighteen. You know what five eighteen is? Yeah, this episode sucks. May eighteen. <laughs> That's stupid. Like, oh. it's not that bad. No, but I like that I shows like... that shows forethought. No, it doesn't. Because <laughs> they could have just they could have just made up the date to be whatever the fuck they wanted. 
it's the my problem with the next episode clues is at least the first couple of them in season one felt like they were referencing the plot of the next episode now they're just referencing random shit in the episodes like <laughs> the episode name like that doesn't mean like if they were references to the plot or like because like the one time when it was like a book by uh when it was like a book title by asimov and then the book contents related directly to the next episode plot and like to the fringe effects i'm cool with that that makes sense that like gives you an actual clue but ZF, zft on a meat thermometer isn't good <laughs> that, like even that is better because next the next episode dealt with zft in general <laughs> this is just a random ass date like that means nothing absolutely nothing like but, they could be like oh yeah it was 6 12 so i guess it was june 12 but, like that's nothing but david <laughs> that's nothing but david that date may- meant everything to alistair peck <laughs> no it doesn't because it could have been june <laughs> if you look outside the window when they filmed it it could have been any fucking time of year nick i okay. legitimately had to double check the wiki because i thought that something on the w- that's that was a wiki entry <laughs> <laughs> like if there was like a red red green reference or something and the next episode was like oh fucking fucking hell <laughs> so fucking angry oh man okay i'm glad that uh, i confused charlie into that as well there <laughs> Uh, uh, episode ratings. Well, David. Charlie, we already know what yours is. Well, uh, that's a, why I'm going last. It was a good episode, like four, four and a half. Like, I, it, this was a really good episode. It's a really solid core episode of Fringe. The story itself wraps up nicely. It has a really strong story, and it also references, like, the greater overall plot of Fringe. So this is, like, one of the best Fringe episodes, I think, so far. Yeah, I would definitely agree on those points. Uh, I'm going to give it a four mainly because like, they, so they do a very good job in 45 minutes of being able to like understand the time travel thing, but they also do do a couple like contradictions, not in terms of like core time travel, just in terms of like mm-hmm. Walter being like, this is what would happen. And then yeah. I'm seeing that. I, which, I, like, I don't think that takes away from my rating no. because that doesn't affect the core storyline of the episode. No, and right, we and we the, do it, we do get really well implemented like um, storyline for this episode. Yeah, we can definitely like the main, agree on that. The main like the main push of this episode is Peck's relationship with his wife or with his fiance, and sort of closing the loop on that. Yeah, um, this is an easily five out of five for me. Um, this is this turns the entire like if anyone has watched Eureka or shows like that around the same time the eureka did a couple season finales where it's oh we jump timelines and everyone forgot so the events of the season don't matter and there's a lot of stuff that happens in shows around this time where they do a time travel episode and it goes oops doesn't matter nothing actually happened in this episode and this is that episode for fringe except a lot of stuff happens while nothing happens yeah, there is a lasting effect story-wise from this episode. Yeah. It's not just wiped clean. Like, the white tulip does get sent over to Walter, and that does mean something to him. Yeah, but, though, like, though we now have two different that, ways that yeah. um, time travel's been introduced in Fringe. And, oh, God. But, con- the, yeah. Uh, but it's like the... Again, no, the observers aren't time travel. I stand by that statement. Yeah, <laughs> but the, the actual, like, I guess canonical events of this episode take place in the last four minutes. Mm-hmm. The the remainder, like, 40 minutes of this episode never happened, and it doesn't feel annoying or unsatisfying. As long as Fringe sticks with the linear time travel and doesn't go multiverse, which they've already done multiverse, but they've done alternate, like, they haven't done time travel multiverse, they've done general alternate universes. Yeah. This is, this is probably one of the best episodes of Fringe. It works very well as a standalone episode. 
Um, Alistair Peck um, is a great character. Peter Weller knocks the shit out of this uh, uh, this role in this episode. Oh, for sure. Uh, him and Walter's conversation is, again, one of the best written scenes between Walter and someone else in the series. Just their different viewpoints on like what they're doing and is it okay is great. This episode could almost be entirely standalone. Yeah, if not yeah, for just... the the like bookend stuff with Peter and yeah. Walter. I mean, even that, like, you don't need to know the exact details of what it is. Like, it does a pretty good job of showing Walter struggling to write a letter to Peter. Yeah, which in itself, it doesn't need to be, oh, yeah, no, this is because of all of these things that we've talked about. This could literally just be, like, there's this terrible thing that I've kept from him. Yeah, Yeah. I did did a bad thing, and I'm looking for forgiveness for that thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think... Yeah, the only episode I can think of sci-fi that could be a better standalone this would be Blink from Doctor Who. Blink is a fantastic Blink episode. Because so Blink is perfectly standalone. Like you Blink, you can just watch. Yeah, you can watch. You have know no anything idea about what's Doctor, going Who. Doctor Who because they introduce because, everything in that. And yeah, because because yeah. the main characters because well, the Doctor's ep- not the main yeah, character. Exactly. Well, yeah, the main characters of that episode don't know anything about the Doctor Who universe. Like that's it's why so it works good. so well. Yeah, but that's like, the only episode I can think of a sci-fi show that is better than White Tulip right now yeah. as a standalone. And even even just the entire thing of Alistair not deciding to save his fiance, instead dying with her and seeing her one last mm-hmm. time, taking Walter's advice, being like, there's going to be consequences, I'll suffer them. Um, and I'm wondering if part of his calculations in the end were, I'm going to view it like this, I could entirely be wrong. Yeah, the grass wasn't enough energy, so it starts killing him and he did look very ill yeah he wasn't well, also looking the great. fact that he was but that final scene was so muted that might have been a little bit of that as well yeah yeah that's how i'm taking to interpret it and he kind of realized i can go back and see her but i'm also going to die so i'm going to die with her and then that's his kind of sense of I, forgiveness nah, i he, would he accept traveled, that you just traveled to the alternate universe <laughs> and broke like started breaking down the universe even faster <laughs> i mean that's, i would why. accept that interpretation of the reason why he didn't draw all that energy was that he drew it on himself and he realized that if he did that he wouldn't kill anyone like he did the calculation realized he would kill all of like the city and then it went wait if i do this i won't but then i'm gonna die anyway yeah like I, that that's if if they had gone out and said that i would accept that but that's a nice headcanon definitely. yeah that's, I, that's I, I, th- I, I think it's it. really funny as well that he doesn't go wait there's you you took your son from an alternate universe does that mean i could like go and grab my wife from an alternate universe <laughs> Oh yeah, that would have been way better. <laughs> Him going, wait, what? Alternate universes are real, and you got your son. Why don't I do this? <laughs> why have I been? Why have I been fucking with time travel? You look normal. <laughs> wait, how much energy did that take? Wait, you just a car battery? What? <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, this is a super fun episode, and I like it a lot. Yeah, no, I can see why. This this is definitely a really good episode. Mm-hmm. Oh, and David, we, we get to do the first episode 19 with David next time. Ooh, Ooh, that's exciting. Episode 19 is supposed to be wonky, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, This one is, once the wiki page, I got to remember which one it is. Um, it, This is... Is this episode 19? Yes, yep, it is. Yep, this is episode 19. Yep, we're on episode 18. There's a lot of episodes still left in the season, which oh, I'm surprised about yep. with what the contents of the episodes have been. Oh, boy. Like no, I was no. looking at the... Um, isn't I mean, it... No. Episode 20 this season oh, is, is the episode, episode 19. God damn it. Because... because I... Oh, because of Unearthed? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Because of the wonky episode. Yeah, but there's still a lot of episodes to go in the season, and I'm surprised because a lot of the reveals have been like feel like season enders. 
So yeah, no, the the back half of season two is really good. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely excited, especially because there was definitely a downturn. Yeah. <laughs> in mid, oh yeah, it's, it is definitely Brown Betty. That is, yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, it's Brown Betty. Yeah, it's Brown. Yeah, Betty. so far it seems like um there is a downturn in, co- in quality mid season in Fringe because it was the same around season one, which is weird. Which is to be fair, that's only us who think that. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone else loved Bound. <laughs> Everyone else is still wrong. Oh, surprisingly. Hey, David, you'll be excited for Brad Betty when we get there, because guess who wrote it? Who? Akiva Goldsman. Akiva Goldsman? Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's the good one. <laughs> uh, well, only two more episodes till we get there, so hopefully Ooh. you'll stay tuned and suffer Ooh. with us through one more normal episode before we get to the very, very so fun, wait, wonky one. This Today's episode is going to come out in two weeks and then that episode actually if we do do the bonus episode on the 31st <laughs> it'll be three episodes from now for the <laughs> brown betty oh damn damn well, all right we'll, well we'll stick around for we'll the mall we'll see how it rolls out never stop not listening to this show never stop, I, need never it. Stopping. <laughs> I need it i need it for my self-esteem please uh, oh yeah a uh, mailbag's still empty <laughs> yeah i wasn't even gonna ask <laughs> Uh, but thank you very much for listening if you did listen to this entire episode which you must be to get to this point I hope you didn't scrub through the discussion to get to the intro to the outro that's weird weird. weird. (laughs) weird. that's Um, a weird thing to do if you want to watch David cry while the audio gets desynced while the episode edits this episode you can follow us on Twitter at Forsaf if you want to email David and tell him how bad the audio sounds you can email him at Forsaf at gmail.com uh, if you want to tell your friends where to get this, uh, you can send them to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, our home at Podbean, basically anywhere you can find a podcast. We're probably on it at some point. Um, I think that's everything. Uh, I've been Charlie, he's been David, and he's been Nick. Outro. The theme music for Seasons and a Funeral is Algorithm by Chad Crouch and is licensed under a Attribution Non-Commercial 3.0 of Commons license.